This is First Class Counselors, another innovative podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. First Class Counselors is dedicated to young and up-and-coming camp mavericks. By equipping and empowering our on-the-ground staff, camp directors can rest easy knowing that our campers are having the true life-changing experience that parents expect. Find our show notes and our blog for camp leaders and professionals at camphacker.tv. Hey folks, Happy New Year. It's Matt here from First Class Counselors. I just wanted to let you know that Oliver and I uh, are taking some time off to be with our families and friends over the new year, so uh, we don't have a brand new episode for you today, but we do have some continued content from our last episode. So if you were tuning into the last episode of First Class Counselors, um, it was all about how to help campers who are missing home or help campers who are homesick. So this one is a bit of continued audio. You are going to hear the stories of Oliver and my first time at camp and what happened when we missed home and how our counselors helped us out. So we hope you enjoy this show and we'll be back um, two weeks from now with a brand new episode and then up until May we're going to be pumping out those episodes for you. So uh, we hope you're enjoying the show. Again, if you have any feedback for us, please send me an email, matt, M-A-T-T, at gocamp.pro. Happy New Year to you and your camp family and remember, camp is camp and camp's all good. Cool. So here's a little bit of deep cuts that might have been cut for time if we were too long-winded, but Matt and I want to talk to you a little bit about some of our personal stories about being homesick at camp. So when we were campers and the feelings that we had. So Matt, I know that you probably have a pretty good story here. Can you tell me a little bit about your homesickness story when you were a camper? Yes, absolutely. So uh, 10-year-old Matt Hansberger uh, went to Glenmore Camp, now called the Karen Family of Camps. Um, and it was my, I think it was my first camp experience. And um, I loved my family. And the reason I think why, why I mentioned in the podcast, uh, that we did was, uh, that it comes from a place of love. Cause like, I just, I had, a, I had, a, I was lucky to have a great family life and my parents were very loving and I just like really missed them. I really missed being at home. I loved my dog and, um, I remember, I, I can still remember the moment that where I was sitting in the lodge at Karen, like I, I can go back and sit in that exact same spot, which is kind of important to me. That spot's really important um, because of this was that I remember like when I just started bawling in the middle of campfire and I just like, I, my, my counselor describes it like she knew right away and my shoulders were hunched over and I was like shoulders heaving because I was crying so hard and she did the perfect thing she said hey buddy let's let's uh let's head out so we can chat about this so she took me to the back of the dining hall through the sneaky exit and we went out and sat on a bench in the courtyard and I threw everything I had at this counselor to try and go home I, I I I was probably the worst to deal with. Um, but she did such a great job at doing all the redirecting, reminding me why camp was great, why I should keep giving it a try. Cause you never know how long I'll, you know, how long I'll be at camp. And I was just like, no, the phone is right there. I see somebody using it. I want to call home. And, and she, you know, that's not an option. You know, let's talk about this tomorrow. And, and I, I don't remember, I should, I should call her and, and, see if she remembers what actually worked, but I'm so thankful that she put that effort in. Um, and the funnier part is, so Chantel Jackson, uh, some people might listening might know her camp names match. Um, she became a camp director. So it was her first year of being a counselor. And then she became my camp director when I was a camp staff member. 
So we kind of went um, full circle. Excuse me. We, we kind of went full circle um, for her being my camp director, and then we became really good friends. And then I had the opportunity to be um, to work with her as a co-director for one uh, one fall season, and then I was a camp director for four years after that. So if it hadn't have been for her putting in that solid effort um, and like spending, it must have been two hours with me. Out. Like I, I remember my cabin like walking by me and going to the cabin um, when I was missing home, um, sitting on that bench crying. And but if she hadn't put in that effort, then my life would be completely different. I wouldn't have um, met all of my best friends. I wouldn't have met my wife. I wouldn't have found uh, an amazing industry like camp if it hadn't been for that moment. Um, so every now and then I like to go back and sit on that bench and sit on that, uh, that spot in the lodge and reflect on how grateful I am that, um, that she put in that effort with me. So um, just a reminder for all of you out there, this job is important and uh, worth the heartache that sometimes it can cause. Yeah, hats off to some great counseling, man. Seriously. Uh, I want us to have like a theme song to this session, like deep cuts. Um, <laughs> but uh, so my story is a little bit different, but kind of similar. Uh, <clears throat> so to justify my homesickness, I always open the story up with this very important point. My parents lied about my age to send me to camp early. So I was a seven-year-old going to camp, um, pretending to be a nine-year-old. Now, justified large person and still a large kid back in the day. So my parents were really easy. It was really easy to lie about it. But I was still like a seven-year-old pretending to be a nine-year-old. And I was told this before camp. Like my mom and dad told me, hey, Oliver, they're going to think you're nine years old. So if anybody asks you when you were born, you were born in 1990. I was like, okay. So uh, I get to campfire and we're doing our evening program. So it was kind of a rotation. So each cabin would rotate to different activities. And this was just an activity where they were having us sing a song that contained a word that they gave us. So they would give us the word like love and our cabin would have to sneak together find out a word that was love and then sing it out loud. And I don't know what word they gave us, but obviously I had to do something to the seven-year-old Oliver because uh, I remember just sitting on the bench and it was our cabin versus another cabin. So there's maybe 20 people there. And I just started crying and <clears throat> couldn't justify why or what happened or why I was feeling that way. And my counselors addressed it. They were on top of me really quickly. And they were like, oh man, oh man, you must really be sad and I was like I want my mom I want to go home I don't want to be here um <clears throat> of course all those things were lies because I knew I wanted to be at camp while I was crying I just knew I also missed home because I was in a place I was really enjoying but home was the the thought process at that point in time it just hit me at that moment in time really hard and um, what ended up happening, and this is the best part of the story, in my opinion, because it's the, the dumbest part of the story, but my cabin needed to move on. So they went on to the next game and I stayed behind with the two um, leadership staff members who were running the activity. And I, this is, please remember that this is the early 90s or late 90s. So camp is different today, but I'm sitting on the front steps or the front um, staging and the two female counselors are on either side of me. And I remember they would ask me for the word that the groups would have to sing. And then um, they would kiss me on the cheek 
if the group got it right, it was like a buzzer, like, oh, you guys got it right. And then the counselors or the count, like they would sing the song and then the girl counselors would look at me and they, is that a real song? And I'd be like, yes. And then the girl counselors would kiss me on the cheek. Now this is where it gets a little hairy and why I say campus changed a lot in these days. <laughs> oh man. So another cabin group showed up and one of the male counselors who obviously knew the female counselors and were going to give them a hard time came up to me like in a little intermission time and said, Hey, next time they do that, you should turn your head. So she kisses you on the lips. And of course, seven-year-old Oliver is very influenced by the actions or the advice of an older male counselor who I probably looked up to as a role model and I fell to peer pressure. And that is actually, I think how Oliver got his first kiss. Um, <laughs> so that's my story of homesickness. But here's the kicker is they did exactly what we talked about in the show before about how to get over homesickness, right? They gave me control over my environment. I was getting to pick the words. I was here. I was like the guy in charge of this little event. That really made me feel comfortable with what I needed at that point in time. There was focus on me from my counselors and from these leadership staff members. Um, I was being redirected with this game that we were playing and I obviously was enjoying. Um, and then obviously something funny happened at the very end that, you know, at that point I had completely forgotten about my homesickness in the first place. And uh, it was really cool because I know when those other cabin groups were coming in, they could see this little nine-year-old boy with red eyes sitting on the front stage and knew that something was wrong. And they made sure that that environment was fun, exciting and distracting from what they knew I was probably feeling at that time. So um, hats off to those counselors um, from a camp that I went to when I was nine and I, or seven, but pretend to be nine that I can't even remember today. Um, I don't remember the name of that camp and neither can my parents. And I've been trying to figure out where it was my whole <laughs> life since then. And I still can't figure it out. So one day I will walk onto another camp's property and be like, oh, this is the place. This is where my camp career started. But um, I still, so funny. I'm still oblivious to the name of that camp. I'm, if, if you are listening to this podcast and you are like, I did kiss a seven-year-old boy on the lips by accident, <laughs> you need to email us because this is like the ultimate mystery that I only trust the internet to solve. Yeah. I've lived my life now trying to figure it out. I've narrowed it down. It's somewhere in the Northeast because that's where I've grown up, Northeast of United States. And I'm pretty sure that it's a 4-H camp. Um, oh, that's good. There's only like three camps that match. That I know, but I've looked them up and I've like looked them online and I've looked at the pictures of their campgrounds and it doesn't match what's up in the noggin, the memories. So, <laughs> Camp um, in the 90s. Yeah. So that's our deep cuts. And if this is a separate show from our rest of our show, thanks so much for joining us for our deep cuts and sharing our stories. First Class Counselors is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison, summer camp leadership training and marketing consultants. Thanks for listening, friends. Hey, Camp Rose. We love that our industry is built on sharing. In order to foster that spirit, we hope that whenever you share an idea that you learn from the Camp Hacker podcast, conference, summer camp professionals group, or wherever else, that you're quick to give credit where credit is due. That way, we can all encourage more camp pros to share the tips and tricks that will make camp better.